Alright, welcome back everyone. This is the Fort Wright Gaming Podcast, making content by gamers for gamers. I'm your host, Ian, and with me this week I have two new faces to the podcast. Joining me today is my fiance Courtney, and on the line is our good friend M. I asked him to join me today uh, because today's episode is about Cyberpunk 2077, and these are the only two people I know that's actually, actually beaten the game, other than myself. So, uh, be very interesting to hear what your guys' thoughts are on the endings and the story. Um, but first, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, hey. So, hi, my name's M. The, you know, when you learn the alphabet, you learn my name. It's really simple. Um, 13th letter. I am a lifelong gamer as well. Worked in gaming, gaming industry, uh, particularly with console and with uh, PC now. So, it's just been a really fun ride. Cool. So, first off, uh, this is going to be basically a, a spoiler cast. Uh, for the most part, we're going to be talking in detail about many of the story elements in the game and the endings. So, if you want, if you don't want this game to be spoiled for you, then sorry, this episode is probably not going to be for you. But if you're interested in what I hope will be a great conversation on the deeper themes and elements of this title, then stick around and you will should be in for a treat. Um, now, if you've already checked out my review on Cyberpunk 27, you'll know that I gave it a 5 out of 10 due to the bugs and how I felt kind of about the ending. But I do think Cyberpunk does have a great representation of the Cyberpunk aesthetic. So even though there are some negatives that came with this title, there are definitely a good handful of positives about this game that I think we could talk about. Uh, some of the major things I do want to talk about with this are basically like the universe that it, the game creates, the characters, the story, and themes. Uh, so a little bit of background on that is the universe uh, is a continuation of the tabletop universe that was created by Mike Pondsmith back in 1988 for the game, the tabletop game called Cyberpunk. Uh, so he was most pro- he's probably inspired by kind of like by the Godfathers of Cyberpunk, really, right? The from the new wave mm-hmm. science fiction movement of the 1960s and 70s. Maybe Blade Runner, since that came out before uh, the tabletop game came in. But basically, this means like things like Ghost in the Shell, um, Ready Player One, and like all the animes that you see of like cyberpunk uh, futures did not create cyberpunk. It was created a long, long time ago. And the reason why I bring that up is because I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of people with this game and a lot of the controversies that came up during the development of this game were because people don't have a proper understanding of what cyberpunk is. Uh, they think of it as just maybe like biology and tech being mixed together and uh, futuristic. Uh, what do you think when you think of cyberpunk, Em? Um, so like my first introduction to cyberpunk was actually the anime Bubblegum Crisis, which has pays a lot of uh, homage to um, Blade Runner. Yes. So uh, which was also equally wonderful. And it was funny to watch it in reverse like that, because I when I was watching Blade Runner, I was like, oh, that's like Bubblegum Crisis. Oh, that's like Bubblegum Crisis when it was truly the other way around. <laughs> that it, Blade Runner inspired all of this other stuff. But like, yeah, to me, um, the cyberpunk vibe is is something I think a lot of people like and dig. Uh, and what's cool about this is kind of the 80s aesthetic that is tied to something in the future. So it's kind of cool to see that even that art style told. But that's what I think of when I when I think of cyberpunk is bubblegum crisis. Yeah. What about you, Courtney? What do you think of you think cyberpunk? Um, so when I think of cyberpunk, um, I was first introduced it with original Blade Runner and uh, Ghost in a Shell but it's so funny because I watched uh, Bubblegum Crisis too, and think thinking back now yeah it does <laughs> have a lot of that heavy influence of the cyberpunk the 80s uh, ideal of the future and how corporations are the mainstream yes. and taking over everything 
And it's not about the politicians or people. It's just make a corpse thinking and doing everything for everybody else. And then you just have a few people here and there that try to pop up and corporations squishing them down. Yes. And money's the motivator. Yeah, it's kind of like bottom the, line. Yep. The Big worst nightmare made. of like liberals, right? Like corporations own everything, control everything, and tell you what you can and can't do, and they get away with whatever they want. Um, but I think like the key component of cyberpunk is always it's a dystopian future. I think a lot of people make that mistake because all the controversies that came up, like the transgender representation in the game of how some of the stuff was, how of basically just one piece of art uh, that was a piece of advertising for the think mix it up drink in the game. That was a big controversy. Whether or not they had proper representation of uh, the LGBTQ community or whatnot, which I think they actually do in this game, it's just it wasn't in marketing for it. But a lot of the uh, things that turned people off on this game was like, you think Cyberpunk's supposed to be a utopian future of tech? No, it's supposed to be a dystopian. It's not supposed to be good. It's not supposed to have <laughs> things that you like about it. It's supposed to be like, well, you should see, you should be disgusted at how uh, commercialized they make sex and this and that. And I had a friend, another friend, tell us that, hey. I don't like cyberpunk because they you know they went with a future where they focus on sex. I'm like, that's what cyberpunk is. That's what corporations would do. <laughs> do you not understand what this plot, what this world is supposed to be? I think that's why a lot of like the kind of crap articles that came out before this game launched were based on things like that because people, I think nowadays, especially uh, maybe the younger generations, look at stuff like, well, Ready Player One. That's you know a kid living in the slums and dystopian type of future. That must be cyberpunk. It's like that's not cyberpunk. Um, and like a lot of the future tech stuff that they see, they think is a cyberpunk universe and it's not. You have to go back and watch like Johnny Mnemonic, Judge Dredd, um, Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner, um, all those older views of how the future is where it's very much, there's a huge, there's, yes, this shining beacon of a city, but there's a huge chunk of the ghetto that is where most people live. And I think that's why a lot of people... I think that's what a lot of people end up forgetting about uh, that that universe. Yeah, and it, it's the, the it's the division between the haves and the haves have nots. You could see that it was very clear, very stark when you would drive through the city and look at the changes in the environment around you. Which, by the way, was really enjoyable. I really liked driving around, and I preferred the motorcycle. Same. But uh, going around town, oh man, it's so much better. But like. Driving around town and seeing the uh, discrepancies, uh, looking at the mountains of trash yes. outside yeah. of the city also was uh, very telling. I would go into a building. I, I don't know if you all remember this mission, but there was that one woman that you, you save her at the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. When you pull her out of the ice, you have the ability to go see her later. Spoilers. But... <laughs> in that mission you go to the building and it's like dilapidated and gross but when you get up in there i was like if so posh and nice oh yeah she even had a security system built yeah, in like and i was like her ceiling. yeah she did yeah i was like why is this not corpo plaza like this is that nice but she lived in a you know dodgy part of town probably just like anybody else you want low rent yeah that's yeah. that's <laughs> type of the things with with cyberpunk universe and definitely with this game i think people relate to is that hey you can either have you can be in this like crappy area with a small studio apartment, but have a bunch of nice stuff because hey, I like my nice stuff. But I'm gonna keep it all contained in my own space. That way, nobody one nobody breaks into my stuff and steals any of my any of my stuff, and nobody's gonna think I have anything about it because I live in this crap area, right? Now, I definitely think um, with this universe, I would say like one, it's probably more of like a game mechanic that I think a lot of RPGs suffer from. 
and it did stand out like crazy in this game, which is what I call the ass-kicking outfit syndrome. Oh, God. Where basically, you have to wear the most ridiculous-looking outfit that has all the best stats, and people comment on it, too, I feel like. Because I think remember there's one question, the guy's like, you don't look like a merc. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm wearing like a beanie with rabbit ears and a tube top and shorts. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, this is all the stuff I need so I can actually beat people up and win. Yeah, I had an ass-kicking outfit for the longest time. And it wasn't until I started getting into the crafting aspect where I would find pieces of clothing that I really like. And then I would just upgrade the shit out of them in okay. the crafting. So I, I do a lot, look a lot better. <laughs> I kept my favorite little sparkly beanie because I had to keep that. And it was so cute. Yeah, like, I hated the clothing for the same reasons. And I also was kind of, when they're like, hey, you don't look like a merc, I was like, you know what? What does a merc look like in this world? Because, like, this is the stuff I'm just getting. And so uh, I thought I was supposed to wear this uh, glitter fairy. I think that's literally what it was called, uh, trench coat. And I was like, because it had the highest stats. Or I would have shorts that were better than my com my cargo combat pants. Yes. And I was like, ha how like yes. at a at a certain point it breaks that sense of disbelief and i was like how could these like mesh shorts be more protective <laughs> have higher stats than this stuff that had like garden knee pads and that's something i think like a lot of rpgs will suffer from because it's like it's either they give you a character's outfit and then they never change it throughout the game which usually in games like that that kind of annoys me i want to see progression so as i get stronger to get better armor i want to be able to see that cool armor i wear but then there's the aspects like this where it's like, well, your armor's just regular clothing. So your good armor could be really stupid looking stuff. Or you could look up a bunch of walkthroughs for all the coolest stuff and find out where they're hidden. Or like you did, Courtney, where you like just craft the items <laughs> you like and then uh, pump them up as much as possible. Yeah, the dildo bat did a yes! pretty good job of leveling <laughs> up so with bad. me. And then it got to the point where it sadly was no oh. longer as strong as the stuff I was finding. And I was like, but I don't want to give this up. And it doesn't have mod slots. I'm so sad. <laughs> oh, no. I can't upgrade this dildo bat. No. <laughs> so that's kind of the aspect of what the universe is, right? It's a dystopian city. You have the all the stuff that we, we fear in our future, right? Mountains of garbage outside our city. Not proper waste disposal. High crime of police force that is overly aggressive and will just show up and shoot everybody and then all right cool we're done crime is over um to where crime and carrying a gun is just a normal thing right where some people may say hey that's a great future i want to be able to carry a gun all over the place but when you think about it, it's like any idiot has a gun on them and they're they're actually okay to shoot you as long as they don't get caught yeah that's not the greatest places to be so it kind of sets the whole setting for it now the next bit is uh the characters now to me the characters in this game were pretty good. I feel uh, like some of them can somewhat seem like the straight-up anime characters, and others can uh, you can see where they pull direct inspiration. Like, I think River almost looks exactly like, uh, what's his name in, in the new Blade Runner movie? Oh, um... The main character in the new movie. I can't remember his, remember his name. Yeah. Um... Or the actor's name, but excuse me, too. Wow. <laughs> Tw Blade Runner 2049? Yes. Uh, the main uh, character, and that was the one K K. Yeah, K, yeah. and the actor Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Ryan yes. Gosling. Yeah, because River wears almost the exact same coat he has, which has that like uh, fluffy fur uh, uh, collar fur on there, and he's a detective. And so I felt like, wow, this character feels like he's pulled directly from that inspiration. 
At least look-wise. Look-wise, and definitely like, he's the noir detective story that you get to play through, which I thought was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and then you have like the one-dimensional characters like Meredith, who's just there to be an asshole, and then and then you, you can, can fuck, fuck her, her. If you want, and then she never shows up ever again, as far as I know. I was okay with that. <laughs> like, honestly, it was kind of nice to be like, hey, this is a thing that can happen, and you can romance this option with no strings attached. Yes. And that's, you know, which is consequently how you get that uh, dildo bat in the first place <laughs> is is that side quest. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I but I agree. Sorry if this is changing no, uh, no. topic. Uh, but like with um, Back to River as a romance option, um, if you are playing through as a lesbian, that's my second playthrough. I was like, all right, I'm going to do uh, uh, Femme V, and we're going to do uh, Judy Romance. I always tried Pam Am, even though I knew she wasn't going to. I was like, <laughs> she was my first one when I played through as male V, uh, straight male V. And then I played through as a uh, uh, woman-loving woman in the second time. And uh, River was like, that whole thing with him when you go have the barbecue yeah. or the jambalaya it it was pushing you to this is your romance and i was like oh i don't like Same. this and every chance every chance i could be like they even had the raise your hand if you like if you like him and i was like Mm-mm. and i let that timer go down i was like there's no option for me to to shoot this guy down right now i'm not i ain't saying a word every chance i got to say no but the story pushed me to that and i was like man I, I'm not going to lie. That's like real life, too. Sometimes you're like, no, 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 no. How many times do I have to say, no, I don't want to romance you? We are not like that. Even as male V, it comes off really strong that way, too. Because when I played him, talking yeah. to him, okay, he knows I'm not gay, right? And then when you talk to him, he, he'll come out and say, hey, no, no, I'm not that we can just be friends. It's like, well, dude, you're pushing the friend zone line really hard here. What's wrong with you? Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep, same thing. Uh, like, uh, they even ask, his sister asks you, do you have anyone special in your life? And I'm like, yeah. yeah I'm like, I have Judy, and- so back off. Why <laughs> <laughs> was off. that not an option? Or I have Pan Am, because I'm straight. Like, <laughs> I didn't even have that option, but oh well. Yeah, and I definitely felt like um, with some of those characters, like, this is where, like, I think, where some of it gets missing out, like, right? The character who um, Judy might have been in a relationship beforehand, before she gets on with you, the one that hires you for the job. Like it's impossible to save. Evelyn. It's impossible to save Evelyn. I feel like, like, yes. yeah, her fate is her fate, no matter what. And then you go through all this trouble. Like, okay, I'm gonna get her. All right, we saved her. Let's get her back, back to normal. Let's figure out what's going on. Who hired her? And it's just like, no, she's she's gonna die, and that's that's that. And you can't do anything about it. Man, as male V, I tr- I tried. I was like, you know, I think Evelyn's gonna be the one I go for, and because uh, I was like, I I kind of liked her character. Yeah. I like I liked the predicament that she was in. I loved her look, that femme noir. I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I think why I gave such a low review is one of the things I feel like in the game is that there, I feel like there's threads there, whether they intentionally cut them off or not. It feels like as if no, they just got cut off because of time constraints. And it's like. We're not going to explore that. So this is what happens here, and then you're done with it. So I called and checked in on Judy constantly. See, like, can I check in on Evelyn? How's she doing? How's she doing? And you never really get to do much of that uh, as far as options go. Mm-hmm. Now, I think with Johnny, it seems to me like the consensus with Johnny is that he's a hit or miss for some people. Some people absolutely hate him. Other people liked him. I think he had some good moments where, like, he showed that he wasn't a dick. Like with Pan Am uh, and you in that little shack, he has, like, a line about, like, uh, you guys just kind of chilling back and relaxing. Um, that kind of ended that scene very nicely. 
And there's other things that about him that is like, dude, this guy has such a hard on for like taking that Osaka. Does he not realize it's been fifty years and your movement did nothing? Get over it. Ooh, can can we talk about Silverhand? Yes. Like, I did not like him as because at first I was like, okay, 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 and then as time went on, I was like, you really add no value, and uh, <laughs> it just kind of seemed. I feel like it could have. Uh, he he could have been. A, a, a cooler character and have provided me with more use. Like, okay, cool. I needed him for Rogue. Cool. I needed him for Carrie, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but pretty much, I could play that game and not have to have him at all, which may have been an option that they wanted, but he got so abrasive for me at times, and uh, I just was like, dude, I hate you. <laughs> I don't like you at all. I like Keanu Reeves, but I feel like you're kind of ruining him. <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah, I yeah. Think, well, to me, I feel like that's a, that's a good uh, measure of how good of actor Keanu Reeves is. Like, right, everybody loves Keanu Reeves, and here he is playing somebody that you actually, that some people be like, man, I hate you. I feel like with Johnny in my playthrough with him, is that yeah, he's very abrasive. He's much, he's very much an asshole. But then like you get to a point where he does realize like, well, shit, all I did was piss on all my friends and piss everybody off. Mm -hmm. And he finally realizes like, yeah, you were a dick, dude, and it meant it came to nothing. But I don't think he grasped the bigger scope of it, which is that, hey your whole movement and everything kind of didn't go anywhere. Like, I feel like Rogue mm -hmm. understands that because she lived through his life and through the 50 years of seeing how, yeah, blowing a nuke in the biggest corporation in the city didn't stop that corporation, didn't even fall. The corporation is still thriving and was still number one 50 years later. So what's the whole point? Of and they it? built they built over the whole. Yeah. Like when, when you were in the hole in Arasaka trying to go to, uh, what, what was her name? Started the end, Mikoshi. Mm -hmm. It was like, they were like, wasn't this where the nuke went off? And they were like, in this place full of radiation? I'm like, wow, they built a tower on top of the hole you made. It's what so... a, what a, in your face. Yeah, like it didn't do anything. I don't feel like Johnny ever gets the realization that that's yeah. what, that's the, that his whole pushing for, hey, when you get revenge, when you get revenge, when you go after Arasaka, like, he never gets that closure of, like, well, this was for nothing. So it makes the very ending mission, like, well, this guy's just pushing me for revenge. That's why they, I do like that they give you the option of, you can sit there and say, no, fuck this, and just shoot yourself and have an ending happen mm -hmm. that way. Um, or you have all the different options that you can go through, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But I also feel like um, the one thing that most stories have, right, they, this story didn't really have a proper villain, I felt like. It's like, Adam Smasher is definitely like the boss fight that you fight at the end, but you have no lead up to him. There's no we all we know is that Adam Smasher is a legend of Night City, but we don't know why or anything else unless you've played the tabletop game or you read all the lore and the tons of uh, literature that's lying around. But you don't get to see any of that or hear other people really talk too much about Adam Smasher and why he's such a badass, other than that he took down Johnny Silverhand and now is yeah. basically a giant robot with a human head. I just wish that they had more interaction with him. Yeah. So then that build up to that boss fight, mm -hmm. you get you get more excited than like, oh, this is the obvious boss fight. Yep. There was there was also I think I didn't really realize who the villain they wanted the villain to be until the end mm -hmm. when they're like, "Bye, Night City. You were terrible." And I was like, "Oh, the city was the villain? Yeah. Is that what you wanted me to think?" Because I like, I, I'm looking at a person or a corporation. Like, it's kind of like, and maybe that's a reflection more on me and on society right now. I didn't see the corporation as the villain. I saw the corporation as an evil, if that's different. If you can, if I can split hairs like that. Because it's like, 
oh, well, that's just society. Oh, that's just how the way it is. You know, that that's how I felt while I was playing the game. And even at the end, when they were like, oh, Night City's like the bad guy. I was like, it was it? <laughs> like, was it really? <laughs> yeah, I totally think is like, that's why I feel like the ending's bittersweet because it has, the ending of this game is is kind of a downer, but it makes sense for the universe it's in. But I agree with you that like, you have Johnny Silverhand sitting there telling you that corporations are evil, corporations are bad, that's the villain. But the corporations never do anything or they never show you anything. Why is Arasaka so much worse than Militech or the bio company or any of these other corps mm-hmm. who've all been around mm-hmm. as well? Other than the you know pushing of their products, right? Well, that's what mm-hmm. businesses do. They push their products. When it just so happens these products are all about... Uh, modifying your body and modifying who you are because we can do that stuff now instead of just having to reinvent yourself internally like uh, as we do in our timeline, right? So, but because you don't have that singular villain, which I, you can have games without that, right? Like Halo is a great game where the villain is the Covenant. It's not just one singular thing. It's an entity, right? Or the Flood's an entity. It's not just one character. But they clearly built up Adam Smasher to be, well, here's the bad guy, but he's just a stooge for... Basically, a corporation that has a, uh, a basically a weak, a limpest weak kid as a head who, you know, kills his father. It's like that doesn't really seem very villainous. Just other than this is a necessary evil of it. I get what you're saying when it's like, hey, the city's the villain because that's true. But the whole concept of the game is that I'm gonna make a name for myself in this city. So your character obviously doesn't see the city as bad. Yeah. So yeah. having everybody else tell you, well, the city sucks, it's like well, I'm a legend here. It doesn't suck for me. What the fuck are you bitching about? Yeah. My, my name's going down in the history books. I don't know about you, buddy. It, yeah, there's a... Uh, I kind of got a feeling like they wanted you to have the ability to be like, oh, I don't want to be a legend in this city. But everything that was a, a good storyline kind of lended towards that. You could, I think that's how they started writing it. Uh, and then they were like, well, because I was a... My second playthrough was I want to be a nomad. So my first one was um, uh, male uh, heterosexual V um, who was a street kid um, wanting to make a legend of himself. Then my second playthrough was I was a female uh, uh, woman-loving woman V and uh, I was a nomad. And I didn't want to be part of the city i wanted a family was kind of like the angle that i was going for because my family you know as a nomad you all got disbanded because of corporations and so that's what i was trying to go through and those choices sometimes were either not the better ones or they weren't even there for me to select and i was like that's weird i felt like i could have that story but as i go through i feel less and less like those are my options and as i get towards the end of the game i am given less options to seek family and more to be a legend yeah it's obviously i feel like they push you that direction and it's like when it does come to the story they had the they they hyped up a lot of those three life paths which at face value, like both me and Corner are like, hey, cool, is this going to be like Dragon Age where we have like a three hour opening of just the background? Mm-hmm. We can build up who our character is, and then we get thrown into Night City, the main game. Well, I feel like out of all the openings, Nomad's the most fleshed out with the most stuff to do, uh, basically. Everything else seems like I just walked through a cutscene very shortly, and then boom, mm-hmm. I'm now on the street. I and mean, it seems like the, the story as a whole feels like it was written for the Nomad path. The second part that they were working on to write out definitely seems like it was the street kid. 
and it feels like nothing got written for corpor- for nothing. the corporal path at all other than being an asshole. But, like, it wasn't fleshed out, out enough for me at all. That's why, like, a lot of the yeah. characters from those life paths are seem almost meaningless because they don't have a whole lot to do there, right? And, like, one of the best characters, which is Jackie, ends up dying at the end of the first <laughs> act. And it's like, man, he's the best character. I wanted to hang out with him some more. It's cool that you have somebody to go through this with you who understands it and would probably, like actually be there too with you then because that's one of the bittersweet things about the ending right no matter what ending you choose if you have a romance option or not other than um leaving with pan am is they they dump you and say well i'm leaving night city you can stay here it's like well oh spoilers i haven't finished my playthrough with judy well well depending on the well i romance judy so it depends on the ending you pick yeah so Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll play through it. I'm so sorry. I thought you had to play through because I... We do, Thank God for autosave. Yeah. yeah. So you're okay. Because when I beat the game, I did the Nomad ending first, and I just went back and reloaded the last save and just went through all the other endings. Um, and I was like, whoa, whoa. I, did, I helped you guys with all your problems, and this ends with, you're going to leave me anyway? Now with Pam Ann, <laughs> it kind of made sense because I made all the choices for her to try and get back with her family. And this is where, like, when her leaving, I'm like, okay, cool. I understand you want to, you're with the Alicados, you want to be with your family. I, and I pushed her to that in the entire game. Like, hey, make up and they're your family. Whereas you can push her to, like, just be, hey, stay in uh, Night City and be a merc and screw the nomads, right? Mm-hmm. But I think even doing that, the ending still is, I'm going back with the nomads. Uh, you can stay here if you want or you can come with me. But I think ultimately in that that ending which i think is called the sun is the one is they basically leave you by yourself and you end the game as the legend of night city basically um but is that when you choose having you're like you got that one last mission to run yeah that that ends with the space casino heist about to start oh yeah, the the Mass Effect yeah. uh, call out, which I when the dude walked in, or I think I you walk up to him. I think you meet him at the afterlife, and I was like, oh, "It's you, <laughs> it's you!" And I was so hype. I was like, "Dude, if there's a Mass Effect combo, oh, like, yes. oh, dude, I play I'd play that game so hard." Oh, definitely. And I was, it, oh man, that. And you know what? I I kind of hope this goes the way of near. Because, like, that was a joke ending for, oh, is it Dragon Guard 3? And and then, boom, you have Nier, which is a, like, phenomenal game series. If you have not played Nier, like, Replicant, Gestalt, or Automata, do it. Man, it's so good. Groundbreaking game. It's one of those games that it cannot be a movie. It must be interactive. It is core to the game and the story. Uh, but, like... If, if if Mass Effect and Cyberpunk could have some kind of like hybrid love child, I would be all about oh, that. Oh, definitely. And just as long as they take the time to finish writing everything for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right yeah. there. Yeah, that's... Now, we already kind of touched a little bit into it, and we've already kind of talked about the story as far as like the three life paths um, and kind of where you can see where they fell short as far as finishing stuff, right? Because... Like I said, as they talk this up, is we a lot of people probably thought like, "Hey, Dragon Age, your three-hour opening, or a couple-hour opening of playing in these life paths, making decisions to build your character," which turned out not to be the case. Just turned out to be twenty minutes of making a couple quick decisions that ultimately end you in the same place. And then they do the one thing, which I hate when storytellers do this. It's like, "Cool, here's this montage." Of you meeting people and doing things, and yeah. we're not gonna let you play any of that. We're just gonna give you a montage. Like, 
let the first act be me doing that stuff and end with the end with the heist mission that ends act one versus here's act one do this heist mission okay that's the end of the act all this shit has happened it's like yes let me build up so i understand like the city and you can do stuff because you're just locked into that one section of the city mm-hmm. you only know the one fixer you can do all those missions if you want but eventually you're like well i can't go anywhere else and when you go to the other parts of the city it's like holy shit this place looks way different in depending where you're at mm-hmm. and what areas are, which have been really cool to explore as a merc completely and building your name with Jackie in that montage instead of it just playing out for you in a quick music video and then jumping to the main the main story. Yeah, and then we could have had yeah. more Jackie time, which would have been great. <sighs> yeah, I mean, Jackie is such I a good character. I loved his character. So good. And, and Misty. Yeah, yes. Misty was really like, good, too. I loved Misty. Her, too. And I feel like my character could develop more if I had spent more time uh, with them. And I understand if we're asking for this, it requires more dev time. I understand that. But like to your point uh, with what you were saying was that, hey, I would like to check out that city, you know, um, and live through that as opposed to a montage. Because I don't know about you, but I felt the tutorial was cut really short. And because the tutorial was uh, cut so short... Um, once you get out at the end of act one and it just like opened everything up, like at that point, everything was opened up and my phone was blowing up with missions and fixers trying to sell me cars. And I just was like, what, why do I have too much to do? And that, that was kind of like, it was all thrown at me at once. Once you get out of act one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely hits you where it's about. like, all right, cool. The world's opened up. Here's all the side missions, all the side activities. Here's all the things you can do, uh, to where it didn't feel like it progressed naturally because you didn't get to live through through all that, right? Like, um, yeah. even when you uh, meet uh, the head of the gang, um, the fa- the padre, like in the street kid moment, you get to meet him more so in like, all right, cool, I know this guy. Whereas he's just a clip in a montage, and other times when I see him, like I don't feel like I really know him as much as well as I should do. I, yeah, but like he's a major fix, a major. Uh, well, I guess a fixer a- for that area and a, a major staple of that community because he's the padre and head of a gang and all this. But you don't get a lot of that unless you do the street kid opening where they clearly show that you have a past. He knows who you are. You can't. You came back to the city and all this other stuff. Did you ever visit any of the fixers? Because I did. Yes. And I felt, I felt like when I spoke to them, I'm like, why are you even an option for me to talk to. Yeah, it's a giant waste. <laughs> yeah, I only talked to um, the one in the first area that you're in, the uh, the cop lady, and I, I, I accidentally like, found her building. Like, oh, what's this? And went inside. It's like, oh, oh, this is where she's hiding out at. Like, why are you here in this, like, <laughs> shitty building with, like, a small team of people having me do all your work? <laughs> yeah, it's like, clearly you have your own team that can do this shit. Why are you hiring out? <laughs> Yeah, she. Uh, uh, I, I didn't get to her until the very end because I think you get a, a benefit if you do the cyber psychos yes. and you don't kill them. Mm-hmm. And I think she gives you that benefit once you do all of her stuff. So that's that was the only time I ever went to uh, her place. Uh, Regina Jones. That you also have to yeah. go there if you find the slippy gun. Did you find the slippy gun? No, <gasps> so I didn't. There... Oh, wait. The, the gun that talks yes. to you, it's like Clippy? Yeah, Clippy, yeah. 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 So that gun, if you find that gun, what's cool about that is that it takes you on this path where like you can choose either to be pacifist or aggressive. And then after 50 kills either way, it just says, all right, I'm switching to the other side and that's how it's going to be. You're done. 
<laughs> oh man, I never, I never did that many kills. So if you if yeah. you play with, it's a really cool gun. It's a pretty powerful gun. It's great for cyber psychos because you can just set it to always do non lethal attacks, and you can just take them down fairly quickly with it because it's like an automatic pistol. But after fifty takedowns that way, it will switch to just shooting everybody in the head, and then you have to actually take it back to the fixer in that first area because it actually turns out it's it's her gun, and then um I think oh. she I think she might give it back to you or, or, or she keeps it. I don't remember quite sure how that happens because you have the option to either keep the gun for yourself or go back and take it to her and I took it back to her I believe I just gave it to her because I'm like alright well I'm done shooting people in the legs because he wants <laughs> to just kill everybody yeah have your gun back I man I just beat the cyber psychos with the dildo yeah. bat that's all I did and I had the hard lesson of you don't want to overbeat them with a bat because you can actually kill yes. them and uh, and I was like oh no oh and I had to like go to an so, auto save, yes. and I'm like, so I'm like beating them with the bat, like bat, 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 and then as as soon as it's like boop, done, I was like, whoa, no, I'm like backing away, I'm like, no, stop hitting him with the bat. Yeah, overall, I felt like the weapons in the game is one of the things that like, we, me and Corey, have talked about quite about with a lot of newer games, right? Like um, we were talking about this with Outriders and a lot of the, like the games for service stuff, where guns don't feel unique. Assault rifles are assault, are assault rifles, shotguns are shotguns, pistols are pistols. That they all feel the same. Doesn't matter what stats they have them on those games they're just that's an assault rifle right where like mass effect all the guns felt different and they're all very unique whether different types of pistols they were or rifles or whatnot cyberpunk does the same thing where it feels like all the weapons do something different and if you found like a legendary weapon yeah cool this is a rifle but oh i noticed this rifle shoots through everything yeah and i can keep people behind mm -hmm. cover with it versus oh it's just a regular rifle um, and like the slippy gun works out different than the regular automatic pistol does and like those things make the world even more livable in and more unique which is something that's very nice to, nice to see so like the problem with cyberpunk is like there's a lot of attention to detail on the little things like the side quests the cyberpunks all that all or the cyber cycles and all that stuff was really done well it's feel like you rush through the main story and i got like a lackluster main theme throughout the game and not this cool world I was like living in at the time yeah yep okay yep, yep. <laughs> all right all right so to go uh, more into the story like so the basic rundown of the story of this game is like we said you are you whatever life you had beforehand you left that to become a merc in night city and your whole goal with you and jackie is you guys want to become legends of night city like johnny silverhand adam smasher which being a legend is just somebody who's who's known for doing crazy shit for a long period for whatever happened. like Johnny Silverhand is known for blowing up Arasaka. Adam Smash is known for taking down Johnny Silverhand. Uh, you have uh, the head of Arasaka who is known as a legend for what reason we don't know. He's just the head head of a corp that's lived forever. Just accept it. <laughs> basically, corporation rules. Corporation. But yeah. basically, would have been cool. Like instead of that montage and live, if you could live the life as a merc and build up your own rep as a merc before jumping into this heist mission which introduces you to some more characters. But basically, you end up in a heist that ends up ends up having you robbed from the head of er, her, the heir of Osaka, so not necessarily the CEO, but, like, next in line. And you end up witch, witnessing a, a patricide, uh, basically him killing his father. You get tagged for the murder. You have to do a very public uh, exit from the building uh, to where you end up waking up in a landfill with a bullet hole in your head. And basically, the chip that you stole that you're going after is the reason why you survived getting shot in the head. But it turns out this is also killing you too because it's going to rewrite you and who you are with Johnny Silverhand in the end. Which, 
that's another good theme. But I thought it's like, cool. What is who? What are you? Are you the what makes up your personality? What makes you you? Which I felt like they didn't really go too much into, other than the fear of I'm not going to be myself anymore, and I'm just going to be Johnny Silverhand. It was kind of an interesting thing, but I thought they could dive deeper into that, which I felt like they didn't do it as much. It may have been too meta of a rabbit hole. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? Uh, the dialogue tree there, because I would too. I too would be like having the conversation with uh, Johnny about. Well, there would be some questions I would ask that I'd be like, "Hey, as a human, you could change and evolve like that." But what was cool about that was in the mission where you're on the boat with Rogue. And you all find, what's his face? I can't remember, but you have the option to like, hey, kill him or not kill him. And uh, it doesn't matter because you can still get the Porsche, right? You can still get Johnny's Porsche. You just got to like rob the key off of him, go drop a, a thing and beep. It's like, oh, sweet. This is my car. He's even like, I think I know what it is. But that when you when you hop in the car and then you drive up north to go find his body because he wants closure. And when he gets up there and he's like you know he has a really reflective moment as an engram hypothetically you shouldn't have that moment right because you should just be responding as you are the asshole guy who uh just was like fuck the world do drugs bang women which is exactly what he did and he has this moment of like what the fuck did my life even mean i'm sorry and there's things that i want to do and he and at that point he actually changes yeah. right yeah. there's a a critical moment where he has this character arc growth. Well, from everything you've been told, and even when you talk to uh, uh, what's her face, big red lady, um, gosh, what's her name? The the girlfriend uh, that's on the other side of the black wall. Alt. Um, yes. Yeah, Alt Alt Cunningham. When you talk to Alt Cunningham, she is like, oh, an engram is just is just this. But then when you watch Johnny, even in your own head. He is growing and evolving as a person, and it's like, hey, hold up, an engram actually looks like they, it, 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 there might be more here. But just like you said, we never get to have kind of that dialogue to ask what those questions are to see what. Yeah, that I think is. how they would probably answer that, or at least how I would answer it, and I'd be like, hey, look, Johnny's different because during this whole time he is taking over you, and like as you play as a player, you're not noticing anything change in your behavior other than the glitches that you see or whatnot that show that hey you're getting sicker but the reality is it's supposed to be that he's supposed to be rewriting your personality not by force but that's just what this thing is doing to keep you alive and turning your body and you into whatever it needs it needs to be to accept johnny's personality and that's the thing is his personality changed but i actually had uh uh audio options to remain myself because i was like uh, I, I wanted to, in my second playthrough, I'm like, fuck you, I hate you, fuck you, I hate you, go yeah. away. That's all I want to tell him, with the exception of the missions that I want to get from him. Yes. <laughs> That's the only time I take a pill. And uh, But otherwise, I'm always like, fuck you, I hate you. And when he asks, he's coming to me and he's like, hey, I'm sorry for blah, blah. I'm like, no, fuck you, you're still an asshole. Like, I remain the same while he's having character growth. <laughs> you go have your character growth behind the black door. I'm dying, screw you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, find that point. Go away. <laughs> And that, that's that's the thing is that like there's those missed moments there like the missed moment I talked about before where like Johnny has that character growth of yeah he's an asshole to his friends but not that hey my whole life mission was was worthless and didn't seem to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, that's why like my our biggest thing that like, Cordy kind of came up with was that this game has a bittersweet ending. It's one of those things like 
with movies like Old Boy, right? It's a really good movie, but I've only watched it once because it's hella depressing. I don't want to feel depressed at the end. <laughs> but I played this game, I'm like, this is really cool, but man, the ending sucks because no matter what I do, I die. And like I spent the whole game yeah. for not trying to survive, to survive just to be, no, you're going to die. It's like, could you at least leave it open for a sequel with a Pan Am ending and let it be like, I left to go find a solution and we never never know what happened. And that way there could be a sequel where V could come back. It's like, no, you left. Okay, by the way, you died. Here's everybody's last voicemail message for you. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, man. I can't survive this at all. Yeah, that's... like, that's what I was kind of hoping was... Um... Uh, like when you're on that so for the good ending with Pan Am when you leave if she's your romance option um, and you're on the tank and or whatever pan, the Panzer it's not really a classic tank but it was called a Panzer but it's a tank and you're you're driving and you all sit on top letting it be on autoplay it's like hey we got six months and she's like we're going to try to find I know a guy we're going to try to find a solution and then they both like kind of stare off into the future which we can't see with her resting her head on his shoulder or something and they're just kind of like and this is how it is fade to black uh i want to believe that they find something for v um i would love that i am in my head canon since they don't really resolve it uh cleanly i'm going to p pretend that's what happens i would love to play that but uh but yeah i agree like death is the one who cheated you in this that's like the theme right you get cheated by death. You didn't cheat death. It cheated you. Yeah, and, then, mm -hmm. and that's why it's bittersweet for like, okay, this does fit the dystopian future. This does fit the universe they built. This does fit the narrative they're telling. It's just I don't feel good about it at the end. So like, yes. <laughs> can I, how do I say I like it when it's like, I feel like crap about this. Um, and that's just, I'll vary from person to person. People are like, oh yeah, this is really good. Where like for me, I'm like, I like to have hope, at least hope or something at the end of something. I don't like things to be i don't like when you have a theory or you take a story and you and you tell somebody oh all that stuff you just did was for not it's not going to work out for what your goal is but then again that is the point of life right everybody's out there chasing something whether it's money happiness love whatever and in the end either they get it or they don't get it but in the end it's not what you're going after it's the journey you took to get there yeah. to get to the end of v's life you became a legend of night city you did all this crazy cool shit you blew up a Arasaka. Uh, you destroyed their corporation. Did all this, but you don't get your end, your happy ending. But the silver lining is you look back and like, well, look at all the stuff I got to do. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. I think that's maybe the deeper point that they're trying to get through that maybe a lot of people will miss is that that's the human condition, right? You're always wanting an end goal or a reward or something that you're driving for, but in the end, when you get that, you may not be satisfied with it, and you may think very bitter about life that you lived. But you're missing the whole point was, what did you do to get here? What are all the memories that you had that you went through? And that kind of ties into the fear that V has. Is like, I'm going to forget who I am. I'm suddenly going to wake up one day and I'll just be Johnny and not have any idea about what I did. We're, the interesting thing would be if Johnny remembers you, which he does. If you go through the ending called uh, Temperance where you're, uh, you go off with alt and you give Johnny your body. Yeah. Well, the last thing Johnny does is he goes to your – he got a grave for you and goes and puts the bullet that went through your head, uh, Talisman, into that grave and then leaves the city, um, which opens up so a bunch of other stuff which would be interesting. But it's like I don't think Johnny Silverhand was fleshed out enough as a character where I would want to play as Johnny Silverhand in another game. Yeah. I feel like mm – -hmm. 
Yeah. Cool. He's going to go off and like, he's definitely going to try and find something else to do with his life. Still have music in it, but he's no longer obsessed with a corpse after everything we did. He's just leaving the city to do whatever. In your case, Gordon, he's going to go get a sex change, apparently. Yeah, so <laughs> if you play that. female V and do that ending where Johnny takes over the body, he makes a comment that he's not going to have V's body or face anymore. So I was that's like, metal. that's really bad. Where it's like, where it's like, is that insulting? Or it's like, no, that makes sense for somebody who maybe trans or whatever, they don't feel right in the vibe, though, and they have the ability to change it, they'll change it. And that's yeah. what he's going to go do. By the way, it, when you, like, there's some there's some seedy sex shops, and then there's some like nice ones in throughout uh, Night yes. City. And when you go to one of them, um, they have a, a body, and it has all of the parts, and they're like modifiable. And they, they have like drawn lines and stuff around it to show you, hey, you can augment all of these parts. Like this is just something that you can like plug and play, mm -hmm. right? Like, and, and I was like, wow, a commentary on the human body. And all this is is facilitating the human desire of like uh, when you want to change your hair color, when you want to change your eye color, when you want to change. It's like imagine if you if companies facilitated your ask and desire to do that, and uh, it, which was very thought provoking for me. It was also kind of cool to be like, yo, you can do whatever you want, like, and which was a bit freeing. But uh, but at the same time, it was something that made me just think on a deeper meta level about uh being allowed to be happy in your in your own skin mm -hmm. and uh how that would uh how that would manifest so because i feel like a lot of uh uh outs there's outside pressures that help push you in one direction or another but there's also like you had mentioned the inside pressure of like hey i'm not content with who i am and i would like to change this and that might be the thing with why this game i feel like is successful but also fails is that maybe cyberpunk is just too big of a concept in the themes that you can't tackle it all in just one 60-hour game or whatnot. And even if they made, like, Witcher 3, where it's, like, 300 hours or more or something, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they'd be able to cover it all very well either. It's Because a lot of it is really meta, where, like, you're not going to get a lot of it unless you either relate to it or you can see the, see the struggle that other people have currently with those things. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people nowadays that I think they can learn a lot from a game and, like, the universe that's created here. But... The main story, if you just play through that, you don't end up learning a whole lot. You don't end up getting a whole lot out of that. Um, I will say this. One of the other endings in here called The Devil, which was probably one of the most annoying oh, endings. I, I just it. wanted it to end because you have to keep doing the same task over and over in, that, in, the, in the science lab. Yes. Oh, I hate it, that. It definitely got me to the same anger point that your character gets to when he trashes the room. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> yes. This, can we just end this? I don't need to do this stupid uh, cutscene like five, five, six oh, different times. Eventually, I was just hitting me just to skip it. I'm like, I can't <clears throat> keep doing this thing. But the interesting with thing with that is that if you pick the ending where you end up giving in and saying, okay, put me in the Mikoshi mind prison until you guys can figure out how to save my body, which you know they're probably never going to do. No is depending on what you do with Jackie's body at the end of Act 1, if you send Jackie's body to the Ripper dock, at the end before the, uh, at the end of the game, when you go into um, Koshi, you actually see Jackie on the rooftop with you, and then V's like, oh, yes. Jackie, what are you doing here? What's going on? And you never get really answers to that, but it seems like, oh, Aristarchus Aris took his body, they put him in that prison, he's still alive in there, and now, and that's and that's why when I did the devil, I'm like, I'll go do that and join Jackie. Maybe we'll figure out a way to get out somehow. 
Um, oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. Like, it's like, yo, dude, in death, our first heist is to get out of this prison <laughs> and get back into a yes. body. That would be so dope. Oh, man, I'd play that. That sounds cool. I'm really sad to hear that that wasn't because, like, moral me. Um, my morals was like, oh no, I'd send him to his family. And the thing is, my first uh, playthrough, I sent him to the Ripper dock, and I same. got that. The second one, I sent him to his family. I was like, well, the stuff with the family and his funeral is a much better story piece than this mm-hmm. little bit of viewer and hey, hey, Jackie, what are you doing here? And Jackie not even answering it because it, it's kind of just like a, a weird vision. But it's like, oh crap, he's in there too. We got to go rescue Jackie if we could. Um, that's more of like a side piece that the player would more puts together themselves versus the funeral that they have for him and then going through his apartment and all this stuff and that grows your relationship with Misty and his family and that community a hell of a lot better than it does than just this little tidbit that happens at the end. Yeah. It was also cool, by the way, the language, uh, the ability, because in, in the funeral, you know, a lot of people would uh, speak in Spanish. You're able to just translate right there on the fly which was I thought was really cool. I wish I had that in real life right now because of, you know, you could travel and see that. Oh, God, I'd yeah, love to have subtitles but... or things. Except for, like, <laughs> yeah. I made the mistake of, all right, cool, I turned off the subtitles so I want a more cinematic experience. And then when we got to the air soccer part, I'm like, I got to turn them back on. Like, I know what the fuck they're talking about. It's like, I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> I don't know what the, what's you going on. You need to practice your Japanese. Japanese. And my character's acting like he understands what people are saying. I'm like, God damn it. He can see the subtitles and I can't. I need to turn these back on. <laughs> and you need it for Evelyn, right, when you're doing the voodoo yes. voice? And she, they're speaking Creole. It's like, I could tell it was French, but I'm like, I can't. It's it's weird French. What is this? And it took that to, to understand what they're saying. Now, um, so you haven't gone through all the endings. So we talked about the sun, which is the casino heist ending, the mm-hmm. devil, which basically either you end up in the prison or you can accept your fate and you get returned to earth and you just die. Temperance. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Temperance is you just give Johnny your body, and he has a kind of a nice ending where he has a relationship with a with a neighborhood kid. Yeah. He buys him a guitar, yeah. and like goes off on his own journey. Which that's if they do a sequel, they might follow that. And then the yeah. star ending is where you leave with Pan Am and all that. And what I really liked was depending on how much of the side stuff you did. The phone, the voice messages that you got during the ending credits were really cool. Yes, I love where those. everybody's yeah. calling and say, "Hey, how's everything going? I know you left. What's going on?" They don't know that. I feel like in Pan Am, it's like I feel like there's definitely with her phone call, like there's something that happened that you died. But I can totally see from where you're looking at and where it's like, no, maybe I did live, and these are just voice messages that I'm, that I'm reviewing. Where I saw it as, oh, I died, and these are all the voice messages I haven't looked at yet. I didn't see it as Gosh. you dying. I think it depends on. <clears throat> how you view it but i think for me and m we just saw it like this is our regular voice message and unless you did die like in johnny's ending or the corporal's ending is what i'm calling it uh i those six months of you living that's when the voice messages come in and then the except yeah, for the suicide I, I, ending which those messages oh. were so Especially Judy's. Oh, they, oh my God. Yeah. I started crying. <laughs> to what you were saying, though, about the, the Pan Am piece uh, and why I didn't feel like it was death was because she said, hey, I can't come home tonight. Forget it. We're stuck out, but I'll make it up to you. I promise. Uh, it, it just kind of felt to me like 
that'd be like my wife saying, hey, uh, I'm not able to make it in, but uh, because I'm getting delayed, but I'll be home soon. That's what that's kind of how I mm -hmm. read that as. And it was like, oh, it's business as usual. But it showed we're happy together. That's kind of yeah. how I. I, totally I, see. I think I, I think I took it the other way because the, uh, the fact that uh, the Ripper docs calling you and like kind of what he's saying, I feel like I would have stayed in touch with this guy. It's just like I haven't stayed in touch with him. And I'm now I'm not I'm never gonna talk to him again. I just want to felt like to a point where I guess I died. Um, yeah. That's why I, I took it that way. Um, and then there's I can see yeah. that too. The other thing though is that there is one other ending which you have to. It's fairly difficult to do because you have to get your relationship with Johnny up to seventy percent at minimum, which actually requires you to pick some dialogue options that kind of don't make sense, like where you're being a dick to him in like some of his scenes. You have to pick specific stuff so that. His uh, liking for you goes up high enough. Or at the end, instead of choosing to go with Pan Am or Rogue or kill yourself, you and Johnny can basically do the Matrix ending and just go yourself. Oh, and no. basically how that ends is either if you die, the game's over. There's there's no say, there's no uh, checkpoint to restart at. You just die and like it's like the suicide ending. Uh -huh. You're dead. Or you go through it and, and then it will dump you into either Temperance, the Sun, or the Star endings. Uh, it doesn't actually have oh. a separate secret ending for that, which is unfortunate. Especially considering that's supposed to be the most difficult way to do it because you have to go in with absolutely no support. But it prevents anyone else from dying because depending on what ending you pick, somebody from those groups uh, all end up dying on the uh, fight in. Yeah. There was, um, you know, that kind of is like... Uh... Uh, Dragon Age does this, right? Where you can, like in Dragon Age uh, Origins, you can harden um, Alistair. And that's how he goes to the path of being king, right? Is like you have to choose certain dialogue options to harden him. Whereas typically for my character and the way that I was treating him, I would not do that. But knowing that would be the outcome of that, I'm like, oh, I should totally, I would totally want him to do this. So I would have to go back, do another playthrough in, in order to get that. Same with uh, Dragon Age Inquisition with, uh... oh man, I love her. She's the bard. I forgot her name. Oh, Liliana. Oh, Redhead. Liliana. Oh, Liliana. <laughs> God, I love yeah. that woman. Forgot your name. Forgive me. Please forgive me. You are my romance option always uh, in Dragon Age. But she, same thing. You had to choose certain options of softening her also. Because if you hardened her too much, then she would just go ham. Like full tilt. And then she was basically like this tyrant over the church. Uh, it, it was wild to realize, oh, that's what that dialogue option was? Like, I'm with you. Sometimes and it's that's not the thing clear. Is that I think... Dragon Age Origins did something very spectacular that I feel like they completely missed that was the charm of that game because they've never done it again and never seen anybody else do it in games where every time they say, hey, this game has branching endings, it has your choices matter, they always come down to how many ever cutscenes that they want to make for an ending. Where Dragon Age had things yep. where it's the only game I've ever been in where I'm like, okay, well, here's the proper military decision. Let's keep this guy alive who we've been fighting to make it, but we'll, he'll still die by becoming a great warden, but we'll use him as an advantage. And then your best character says, well, if you're going to do that, fuck you, I'm done. And takes all his shit, including mm -hmm. all the armor you gave him, and leaves. And, and like, you're screaming, Dude, that's no. all my best armor, give that back. He's like, no, I'm done, and he's gone. <laughs> and there's no getting him back after that. Fine. <laughs> Where it's like, that was such a great moment in that game, and everybody talks about that, but yet they've not done great, like, great decision-making and consequences that strongly in any other game since i feel like where it all comes down to again 
kind of like with the theme of cyberpunk is corporations and businesses getting in the way of saying you have a deadline you have this we have to make this much money we spent this much money get your shit out oh the fans are complaining that we delayed again we can't delay again and mm-hmm. like it is bioware's fault of all this because of them listening to people changing mass effect 3 ending that yeah. everybody opened up to listening to the customer too much where i feel like guys this is art make your art how you want screw what the customer says either they'll like it or they don't you don't have to go and listen to every whim that everybody online starts saying because that's how we end up with stuff like this where it's like well here's six possible endings and all and seven different routes to get there but these routes will all get to these different endings no matter what yep same with uh uh game of thrones they listen to the yes. community and it's like at a certain point you you should take that and be like i'll consider it but sometimes if you're not the kind of person who can weigh that against your own original vision you may not want to open yourself up to that because it ultimately created a like that 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 series had could be fundamentally amazing but because of what they what they did they made very poor choices but it was within the interest of trying to appease a vocal probable minority actually (laughs) you know like it it was just not they they just did not read their fan base and like you said it was like make your do your art they will follow if they don't agree right now it's because they can't see what you see so trust it yeah that's the whole thing when it comes to art some people are not going to like it some people are and the problem like with the game industry in the whole is the fact that we have to be business people making decisions and pushing artists to do things faster than, than they probably should now eight years of development for cyberpunk is a long time but clearly, they had a they spent way too much time in the brainstorming section of that planning, and then when they got down to actually making it, they didn't have that much time to build it. Hence, the reason why you have bugs and all this. And then their uh, CD Projekt Red's reputation getting dragged through the mud with the controversy of them saying it runs great when it doesn't. That's all corporate BS. And that's and like when I look at this, like the people who actually worked on the game and did the story and all that, they have something to say. All this stuff I just expect is corporations right and you don't and cyberpunk or at least uh project cd red with this game has basically opened it up to now that you can't trust anybody it doesn't matter how good what developer company is what they've done in the past they're all they're all owned by a bigger business or they're or they have a sh- or they're publicly shared they're gonna have lots of money to make that triple a title but they're also gonna have lots of voices telling them that they have to do things a certain way or change aspects or hey i don't understand this story thread let's drop that storyline because i'm the one business executive who doesn't understand what you're talking about those are actually things that supposedly some developers said happened that happened with this is like yeah we dropped a storyline because the executive didn't understand it It it's like who cares if he doesn't understand it he's an idiot yeah (laughs) go crunch your numbers in your little office sir don't start sticking your fingers into this great pie i'm trying to make yeah also, like, how, how can they have a say? Like, uh, what is your expertise in this area if you are literally an executive you're, and you've never been a creative? And also, like, why not collaborate with the, the uh, team to get an understanding? Because maybe the executive doesn't understand because uh, th- there's some context that might be missing. A conversation with the artists and the creatives would have been better than just you know, kowtowing and bending to whatever an executive says, because the executive could be picking up on something that you could add to make it better, as opposed to completely changing the vision. But again, that comes down to a conversation, which I don't think a lot of people have, or that they know, just because of the structure of how business is, it's like, oh, we do what the executive says, again, and I think you pointed this out, 
was the relationship that is consequently between a publisher and a developer. And when you self-publish, that's good. But when, like you said, you've got stockholders and investors, they've got people they have to answer to. And that's where you get problems like this is because they have to answer to that. And the pressure comes in of, we got to deliver. I want return upon investment. That's the thing with this specific game, Cyberpunk, they, they are planning a roadmap of a bunch of fixes and everything, uh, which has to come before they do any other DLC, right? But because the stuff that got cut from this game from them rushing it out or or however, whatever exactly happened, because nobody really has a real story but the devs. But whatever they cut from this, I don't feel like the product I was given isn't as great as it could have been, and I, nor do I feel like they're ever going to give me what they what I thought it was going to be, because all they're going to add to it is they got to fix it, and then they'll add a little, maybe some extra story stuff here and there, but they're never going to unlock all the locked doors that you can't unlock. They're never going to add storylines that they cut completely. Yep. They're just those are just gone forever because it's doesn't make sense to me in development wise that hey, let's go back and, you know, add all these story threads that we didn't add before. It's like that doesn't fit with what I've already played, guys, so it doesn't feel right. Yeah. It it would have been cool if Cyberpunk was so big. Like do you all remember Dragon Age Origins? That was a massive game and then they had what was it? The DLC that was pretty much yeah. its own oh, yeah. game. It was its own disc, uh, Awakening. And it's like, if all of that came out and they were working on that together, why couldn't they do the same thing here? But again, like I don't know what the development story was because it does, like in the game, as it's telling us, it comes down to the bottom line. And so like, it's yeah. so meta, right? <laughs> like the game's like, this is... It's like, this is the bottom line. And then that's what affect the success of the game was the bottom line. And it's like, oh, yeah. look. It's that's one reason why like, this game will get remembered probably for all the wrong reasons of all the controversies and issues that it set up. But it is really meta. It is really telling of everything in that we're struggling with in our society as far as corporations and creatives and all that um, to where hopefully those things will change in the future and they get better. But we just never know how that works. Um so now we're going on like looks like I have about an hour on my on my recording here. So I feel like we've said what we have to say. Hmm. Unless you have anything else to add. The the only other thing I'd like to add is the it sounds like missions and making games like this and making art like this is because you want the community to see something. You want the viewer to feel a certain way. You also want them to feel a certain way, to act a certain way. It's like, hey, look at what corporations can do. Change it now. You have the power, right? Like, uh, I, I, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from this and uh, the responsibility in telling that story, right? Uh, I feel like they kind of wanted to tell a story, but in the way that they did it with the uh, you know, cutting storylines and cutting dialogue options, they missed that goal. And I feel like they let the corporation, I use that in air quotes because it's a, the publishers basically being like, yo, hurry up and ship it, right? Also, oh, by the way, and put it on uh, the next gen console, which was also like, wait, you want us to do what? Like, that was just a wild thing to me where they were like, and we're going to do this here. And, um, and they pushed it. If you all remember, they pushed it back um, uh, a month because they were like, yo, it's going to be in November. <laughs> JK, it's going to go in, or it was like September to November. I can't remember what's time. I don't even know what that is, the construct. But like it, it when they only gave it a month, I was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Like a month for a month to fix bugs for a next gen console like no way four weeks 
if anyone who is anybody who has ever worked on bugs or worked in the game development, <laughs> that's not long enough. So it's kind of like, what's the real reason? And also, why not stick to what they said was true, which was it's ready when it's ready. I will never forget that. That was so groundbreaking for like game development. I think that was at yeah, E3 like, announcement. Hey, that was at when the they Xbox first announced it, like, hey, this is coming and it's going to be done when it's done. It's like, yeah, cool. CG Project Red, we're totally yeah. cool with that. But then what happens when they kept doing, yeah. doing delays, right? The rabid fans out there started sending them death threats and this and that. So people... Yep are people they'll break down the hop and they'll feel like they have to bend to that and that's why unfortunately i don't see it changing but hopefully maybe one day people there'll be somebody that says no screw you we'll do it when we're done and i don't care about your death threats who cares go away we'll get we'll yep. do we'll do stuff on our terms uh where nowadays <clears throat> everything is kind of falling apart on that and it's more so we gotta give the fans what they want give the fans what they want it's like mm-hmm. fans don't know what they want stop listening to them they keep they keep saying things that are good or bad and things that are bad or good so just give them art and let them make up their mind and don't sit there and try to kowtow to what they want because if you do that, you're going to end up with stuff that's ultimately broken and weaker where like, if you listen, after listening to this podcast, you it sounds like we both, everyone here really loves this game, but yeah, again, I gave it a 5 out of 10 and said, hey, you need to wait till all the bugs are fixed to play this yeah. because the end product was not great. <laughs> and it's because of everything that they're talking about in the game that makes life horrible for the, this industry or any a creative industry um, until they get things like guilds in place and stuff like that. Maybe those things will change, but you just never know because right now tech industry is ruled by business and not the other way around. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Uh, please remember to like, comment and subscribe. Uh, please visit us at uh, forthrightgaming.com. Uh, we have reviews there, this podcast, other content made by gamers for gamers, uh, you can also find this podcast on all platforms where podcasts can be found. I also stream every Friday and Saturday on Twitch at Found at the End. Uh, so please feel free to check that out as well. Uh, em, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, so like, if you wanna, if you like art, um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Ambitious Icarus. Uh, that that's you can find me there. I if you just want to follow some of my opinions on stuff, I'm definitely over on Twitter. Um, the 13th letter so that's th- that's where you can catch me um uh i'll also be at gdc i do some talks uh, at gdc uh and also in the international game developers association uh if you want to find me there i am the leader of one of the special interest groups called allies so it's about how to make uh, everybody a better ally for one another so you can also find me there as m Rollins. all right great Yay. so uh thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time Later. All right, have a good one.